What do you get when you cross the Timberwolves mascot with the Navy? Hmm, not sure what. Captain Crunch! Welcome to episode 115 of Wolves Cast, the show attempting to learn if good vibes can win basketball games. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Skolt. Once again, we're back. Another Wolves Cast Timberwolves season preview coming at you. Another week. Yes, thank you for listening to last week's show with uh, host John Meyer. It's almost like I can still feel him in this room. Yes, good show. I've developed a Scottish accent this summer. From watching Love Island. Oh, I didn't... Uh, I didn't Love know. Island UK, not the US version. Wow, what? Uh, who's your favorite character on Love Island? Oh, uh, Tommy. Or, or maybe it was... Uh, what's it? Antoine. And no, not Anton. He's Scottish. <laughs> uh, what was his name? What's the lad's name? Uh, I'm forgetting now. Chris. I don't know. He's, uh, he's a very affable Matt. boy. <laughs> so uh, how, what percentage of the, uh, the contestants in Love Island are Scottish? Oh, very few. And these Scottish ladies? The, 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 there's one or two Scottish ladies, but I like the Irish girls a bit more. Oh, I, I, I slipped into the Irish accent a bit. <laughs> Are you joking? I can't tell the difference. Yeah, Meg says I'm really bad at them, so I should probably stop. <laughs> it's fun to try and get the like nuances in between them, though. You know, you can do. In my head, it makes sense. Now, when I read comic books with people with British accents, in my head, the voice sounds spot on, mate. Did you see the SNL Love Island parody? Uh, I haven't yet. Meg tried to show me on her phone, <laughs> and we weren't getting a good service, but. Oh. She said I have to be. She has to be in the room when I watch it. Oh, so. If you watch the show, I imagine you'll love it. Yeah, just like if you love the Timberwolves, you love this show. That's that's called a segue back to. Ooh man, back to what back we're here to, to talk this. about. Yes, hey. we. Uh, you know, this is a preview podcast two of three. Uh huh. It's the third we've recorded. So there's a little behind the scenes some, look at how it's some made. Gymnastics. Yeah, we recorded the Jeopardy episode, which you'll be hearing next week. We recorded that yesterday. Yes. We recorded last week's episode with John Meyer, EIC. Uh, it was delightful. He was here about an hour ago. Yes. And now we're knocking this third one out of the park. You're getting it second in your ears. So we're even closer to the Timberwolf season. We're hoping that nothing too crazy happens in this next week. Yeah, we don't need anybody to like break a leg in right. a game or something. We don't know? need anyone uh, having a dramatic practice, having an interview with Rachel Nichols, and then uh, demanding a trade. We don't need, we don't need China to cancel any games exactly although we found out the in the in between our recordings here that china's stepping back i was gonna have so many china jokes for you down. but now knowing that by the time you hear this it might be old news i'm just gonna refrain from all the china jokes yeah we're, we're out on that for now but we appreciate you listening to this show it's another um, preview as we said and this one's gonna be us running down like a whole bunch of questions Sort of, um, sort of, you know, questions about that this. hang this over the season. Everyone has bit. their burning questions for the season. These are our inquiries. These are our questions. Our inquiries about the season. Uh-huh. So we're not aping anybody's stuff. It's not questions. Inquiries. Yeah. We're going to try and move quickly through them, but we'll see how well that works. We'll yeah, see. because we have more than enough questions to fit into the hour, but we are not going to go over an hour. So we're just going to jam oh. in as many questions as we can, play a little game at the end for you. And we're actually going to do this one. This is radio free for you. There's no advertisements in this wow. episode. Wow. We this this one's on us to pro, pay for? Pro bono. This is We're chipping in the money for it, so no sponsors this week. But hey, this is a good time to mention with the season right around, if you have a sponsor, uh, or if you even re- want to record your own sponsor ad and send it in, at the end of last season, we had some fans send in some of their own sponsor ads, and we great. played them. They were very good. So if you want to make up your own sponsor ad, uh, once again, just hit us up, and we'll be happy to work it out with you. Yeah, you got you probably have a you know cellular telephone device. Just hit that uh, voice memo app, and you know record yourself. That's it's right, real simple, and then we'll put it on the show. So yeah, if you got a good product, NBA basketball, Timberwolves related. You, too, can be a part of our sponsorship program. All right. And the first inquiry we have to answer, of course, is where you can follow us. Check us out at WolvesCast. Hopefully, you're already following us. You can find us every week on Canis Hoopus, at least once a week with the pod, maybe more if we do some extra content for them this season. We're very excited about working with them again. And, of course, on Instagram, I'm making a presence. I'm doing it this season. Follow us at WolvesCastPod. Yeah, we're over there. And, yeah, there will be more content and fun stuff coming uh, on Instagram this and season. Depending Scott's taking ha- it on. Depending on how things shake out with China, we'll talk about TikTok maybe down the season. Down, you know? down, down the, the road, road a little bit. <laughs> see how things work with China first. Uh, let's dig into these questions. questions inquiries. Uh, inquiries about the upcoming season. 
Um, first of all, we have to start off at the top. We got Ryan Saunders. I mean, you know, trip, techni- trip. technically Glenn Taylor at the top, technically underneath him, uh, Gerson. And he's dealing with Glenn, who, who doesn't know shit about basketball. But, you know, really, Ryan Saunders is the one who's, uh, you know, going to have a big influence on how this team plays on the floor this season. And uh, also very important, or maybe even more important, we've already had, you know, half a season of Ryan Saunders at the helm. Um, but that's, that was the Tibbs guys, yeah. you know, and Randy Whitman and <laughs> coming back in an assistant role. But this and year... Ryan he, is uh, one of the only holdovers from last season uh-huh. because it's pretty much True. an entirely new coaching True. staff with him. Huge There's maybe huge one changes. holdover who was yeah. a flip or flip kind of just uh, coaching tree guy who continues to work with Ryan. But otherwise, we got rid of all the Tibbs guys, all the Scott Layden guys. Scott yeah. Layden is now a scout for us somewhere. Layden's still here. Uh, not, he's a scout. He's no longer our GM, and we have an entirely new front office. Uh, so Ryan is one of the only familiar faces that is left over, which kind of puts him in an interesting spot because he's not the hire that necessarily the new front office would have picked, and so he's got a little bit to prove himself. Yeah, he was there. He was, was he was a package deal, I right. guess, right? Like, hey, you're inheriting this guy. So yeah, it is interesting, but they're saying all the right things. It seems like they're a good team, you know, as far as uh, Rosas and Saunders go. Uh, Vanterpool coming in, uh, David Vanterpool, I believe, yep. coming in from Portland um, to run the defense, and Pablo Prigioni, former NBA player, aka um, Guy Smiley, Guy Smiley, and a Muppets Guy Smiley, uh, running the offense. So um, yes, yeah, all I can yeah. remember about Pablo Prigioni being in the league is seeing him hit just looking corner old. threes, hitting old, corner threes. Like so. the oldest rookie. Did he have the record for being? Wasn't he like yeah, a, he was he, like thirty eight when he was a rookie. Yeah, yeah, oldest rookie in the league. Yeah, I, I just see him hitting corner threes and and you know passing the ball. So I'm excited to see what he'll do for our offense. So the question is, what is Ryan Saunders' identity as a head coach? Like, what does he stand for? What is a Ryan Saunders team doing? What do they look like? And that's what we'll find out, I guess, because you know, like we said, last year was half a season of different players. That he didn't choose and coaches and stuff now it's all him now it's everybody he's picked um by hand so i think if yeah. uh thibodeau's hat was thibodeau the authoritarian that ryan is really wearing the hat of the great communicator yes i think his job is to make sure that good he, cop yeah he, he's trying to smooth things over with the players whatever the front office has uh changes this year they're obviously going to implement a lot of their own things it's up to Ryan to communicate that and make sure the players understand and they feel like they fit into the bigger picture. Obviously, we have a lot of players who expect to get minutes, and not all of them are going to get rotation minutes. And so that'll also be up to Ryan about how to handle the locker room to keep it. Like you asked at the beginning, how far could good vibes take us? Well, that's going to be on Ryan to keep those good vibes going because we are going to hit obstacles, we're going to hit losing streaks, and we're going to hit players who aren't getting the minutes they want to get. So Ryan, the great communicator, is going to be trying to keep those uh, waves calm. Yeah. When times are tough, they're going to need to fall back on that uh, that good culture to hopefully keep things uh, keep things going forward. But as far as like what it's going to look like on the floor, you know, uh, as we record this, only the second preseason game has happened, and and so we're still kind of learning about what it actually means as far as what it's going to look like. But you know, some of the terms we're hearing is as far as defense, lots of switching happening, and overall, I think what we're looking at is just a more modern type of look uh, when it comes uh, interchangeability as far as like what positions and stuff. Robert Covington's playing the four. We'll talk about that later in the show. Um, so that's something that Tibbs would have never done, or like an older sort of more set in your ways like type of franchise wouldn't do. Um, you know, Carl bringing the ball up the floor um, potentially. So yeah, more and, modern sorts of more threes as we saw in the first game. Thibodeau had a set rotation. He knew what players were checking in and when. And something that's going to be up to Ryan is how to mix and match the players to fit the situation. Because between Jake Lehman, uh, Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley, Robert Covington, we have a lot of guys who are pretty much the exact same size. And so how which ones are right to be on the floor for which situations is going to be very interesting to see how that mix and match happens. Yeah, so you, you could just it's so it's just a big question mark at this point, you know, again with all the new personnel, all the new coaches, entirely new systems in both offense and defense, how it's going to look, but you know, I think obviously on offense uh, it's all going to be about Carl Anthony Towns, right? <laughs> With all this change, this w- that's one thing that will remain is the usage of Carl Anthony Towns will be very, very high. I'm not sure exactly sure what he finished at last year. It was 29 or 30% usage or something crazy, you know, I think. So it was pretty far up there, and I think that's what they're going to rely on. Again, it's just a matter of, like, what it's going to look like specifically. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is one of those things where Ryan, you know, gets the, the praise for the success, the blame for the failures, mm. and his assistant coaches maybe deserve some of that. Whereas I'm excited to see what Vander- Vanderpool can do with the defense defense 
uh, the last few years in Portland uh, was a team that you look at undersized guys like Dame Lillard and yeah. CJ McCollum and you're like how can they have an above, above average defense with the personnel that they have and yet Vanderbilt found a way to make them always above average on defense so I think it speaks speaks well that even though our personnel might be a little weird this season that he's going to be able to produce some blood from the stone so I think it's it really is one of the number one reasons to be optimistic about this team this year is that like oh look at all this new stuff like something good has to come out of it right and that might be short-sighted but I think at the very it, least something different will. very there you go but also it's like it's hard because first-year coaches almost never work out right I'm trying to think of like a time when like a first-year coach came in and again once again Ryan did have half a year interim style been in the league for a long time but first-year coaches don't do well, right? Like, we well, kind of win, have to win price in some once. of that here. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And, and we already know we're going to we're gonna lose more games than yeah. we did last season. Yes. I yes. think I think we're all aware be that a losing this team. is a step back in terms of competitive on-court product. And so, uh, yeah, by definition, Ryan will have a losing season this season. And you can say that's because he's a first-year coach. But I think that we are rebuilding and kind of took a step back for where we are in the development cycle. And so that's kind of to be expected. Um, should we move on to the next question, Scott? Let's do it. I'm excited All right. for it. Uh, we're talking about Carl Anthony Towns. How will Carl Anthony Towns improve his defense this season? Put some respect on my name. Remember that. Well, you know, one of the ways I think uh, is that, well, what remains to be seen because we have to see what Jarrett Culver can do and what kind of lineups we can run out. But if we can get some lineups without Jeff Teague on the court and some lineups mm-hmm. without maybe Shabazz, I haven't watched a lot of Shabazz uh, yeah, Napier, maybe. so I don't know what if he can keep his man in front of him. But that was one of the things Cat was always griping about was, yes. I'm in foul trouble all the time. He, he led the league in personal fouls last year. He was number one in the league. And that's because Jeff Teague can't keep his man in front yeah, of him. Jeff Teague, yeah, uh, yeah would, uh, uh, I could get around Jeff Teague. And so <laughs> Jeff Teague would let his guy get into the paint and then Carl's going to have to get up and step up to that guy. And yeah. now Carl's defending two guys, the big and the small, because our rotation defense, our help rotation wasn't good enough for someone to switch over and help Carl when Carl mm. switches off his guy to go guard Jeff Teague's guy. And so then he's out of position and he fouls one of the guys. And so he gets all these foul trouble. And so I think that the perimeter defense, fixing the perimeter defense is the number one way to improve Towns' defense because then he's not going to have to overextend himself to fill those gaps and get into fouls and look terrible. Yeah, that's certainly the the case for, you know, starting Okogie, you know. And, and you maybe know, Culver two, if he can and, get there. Yeah, Culver or you know, later in the year season trade for Teague potentially like – you know, yeah, you'd be, you'd be thinking about defense. And even and, if you have Teague on the court, you still are going to have four guys that are hopefully Okogi, Wiggins, Covington, you know, longer armed guys who can play a stronger perimeter defense than we had last year. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's right. There's a lot of ways. You know, how can the question of being how can Towns improve his defense? I think there's what you're talking about is like the team can help him in a lot of ways, like roster yeah. wise and, and rotations wise, like putting players around him who are going to help him succeed. But yeah, there's also like things within himself he can do better. I think obviously you know, the foul trouble thing hangs over him a lot and you know beyond getting you know all these fouls in the paint at the rim from breakdowns on the perimeter he's also a guy that just has some weird fouls sometimes they're just like why did you do that you know what I mean so yeah. there are areas like that too that counts for defense for me of ways that allow him to stay on the floor more he does get know? at least one usually two stupid fouls a game where you say <sighs> Carl why'd you do that just we're, cut it in half listen, and we're good just I'm one the, of those per night please maybe I'm the first person that will blame the refs instead of the dif- <laughs> instead of the Timberwolves. Yeah. I always want to put the blame on them. But even I have to recognize once to twice a game, you're like, Carl, why'd you do that? So, yeah, so I think that's a way he can improve. But, yeah, I think just naturally having better players around him. Covington looked good in the 12 games or so they played together last year. I think that's going to go a long way to um, you know helping him on defense this year, to your point. Um, yeah, it'll yeah, be interesting uh, to see how he, he gels with the other front court people because if Bell and Vonley can keep their man in yeah. front of him, then that means Cat can help and get some blocks as the help defender. And if they're good at coming over for the help defense, maybe Cat doesn't try and get some blocks that he shouldn't be when he's defending his guy and he trusts Bell to come over and wipe out one of those shots. Yeah, I think there are a lot of ways that this team can be a lot better on defense this year. Just kind of, again, with sort of the roster. And side Ryan of has been kind of talking about, because he says, you know, I think it was Britt who asked him about Britt Robson, our favorite Timberwolves writer. Of course. For the athletic. Former guest. Uh, I'm pretty sure he, he asked them about. So you're going to do all the switching, but you're going to leave Cat not switching. Cat's going to be yeah, the one who stays on the thing and stays down yeah. there. And whether and Ryan seemed open to the idea that they could try Cat. That would be out very interesting to see. So yeah. if Cat can, and we've seen him do it in small stretches. We've seen him do it to Chris yep. Paul or yeah, Curry. Curry. Yeah. yeah, and so we've seen him do it in small stretches. But if he can prove that he's consistently able to switch out onto smaller guys, that could really give our defense that extra flexibility. Well, that leads us into our next question: of how will the rotations shake out, Scott? What do we What do we think? 
Um, you know, sort of obviously they want to get to a 10 man unit. Um, right. And so I, so I don't we, know. Four of the starters are locked in. We know it's going to yeah. be Cat, Roko. Here's what I, here's what I had here. Okay, yeah. let's see what you got. Neil, why don't yeah, you read it I have us? Teague, Okogie, Wiggins, Covington, Towns. That seems like it's going to be the Stars. And again, we are recording this uh, as the second preseason game's happening. So, you know, there might be some preseason games yeah, the only- here that kind of maybe, you know, crystallize this um, a little bit for us. But I think it's, you know, kind of interesting to talk I, about now. I think I could see it being Teague, Wiggins, Layman. Yeah, Covington that could still be in well. the air. Um, and then, yeah. as far as bench guys, uh, Napier, uh, Culver, Lehman, Vonley, uh, uh, Jang, or Bell. Bell's kind of injured right now, so we'll see how that goes. So those are kind of like my ten to eleven. That I can kind of see being in the main rotation. Yeah, and so that leaves Trevion Graham on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think uh, Noel will be in Iowa. Uh, Noel KBD will be in is Iowa. another. You know, Bates Diop is another guy you could see being in that mix or uh, in Iowa. Uh, and then Nas, Nas Reed seems like an Iowa a, guy too. A third big though. Sometimes you want to have him be the fifteenth. And these, hey, there will the be bench. injuries. These guys will be in there. But so it's kind of also weird to think about, especially with the Wolves' injury history in the last few years, especially last year. It was like, oh my god, they had to play so many of these deep guys. Yeah, you know, so it's like these guys could play. You I know? think like, KBD, you might have like hella minutes this year. Right, exactly. Um, I think the most interesting parts of the rotation will be what I already mentioned with those interchangeable guys at that kind of power forwards position. You know, Covington can see time there, but we could also see Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley. Jake Lehman, we could see Gorgie get some time there. Yeah, uh, you know, true, true. I bet there's even going to be a lineup where Wiggins can get some time there. So <laughs> I just think that's probably the most interesting thing is because there's just so many interchangeable parts. I don't know how that'll work out. Whereas some of these positions like Teague and Napier, they kind of you know write themselves yeah, out. Yeah. But I think the other rotation part that'll be interesting is uh, to see how Culver fits into it. Will Okogie and Culver come off the bench? Will super you know, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole the whole yeah that's a whole separate question to have is how will they use Culver? Like that's that's it's huge. I mean, I didn't think of this because he's six seven, but like they're talking about him as a point guard, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, I guess. I mean, what is this like a Giannis situation? I mean, he's not well, that big. It but might be one of those things not, where he have the long arms like Giannis does. If but, we're running the ball through towns once the ball gets up court, yeah. you really just need a guy who can dribble it to the perimeter and then kick it to towns. Something that Jeff Teague has proven utterly incapable of doing for over two years with the Timberwolves. Yeah. Uh, no, just, I don't mind the look as Culver as the potential point guard. It's just like I didn't necessarily see that coming, but it is very like futuristic, like sort of like, oh, wow, maybe this is the Gupta or the, you know, whatever. The this, Gupta. The, I like that. This is the hashtag. <laughs> this is the Gupta. I don't know. Like uh, this is the new regime of like super forward thinking. Like, no, you don't need a traditional point guard. Like, Yeah. And I think that that's true. It's semantics, but he wouldn't be a point guard. He would just be a ball handler and the offense would probably run through towns and there would be ball handlers surrounding towns. Yeah. I think it could be very interesting if they have the confidence to do that because then you could start getting lineups that are Okogie, uh, Culver, Wiggins, Covington, Towns. Or what if we did a lineup yeah. of all guys who are 6'9"? We have five of them, you know, so we could just have a full lineup of guys the exact same height. We could do some wacky stuff. Yeah, and I'm also looking at the the front court rotations here, how that shakes out. Currently, reports are that Gorgie's sort of out of out of the lineup right now, and I, I guess I see how that is. Like it's again, it's a new regime. Like that's not their guy. Like he's sort of like salary, big salary right now, but kind of has proven he's not necessarily the most modern player, and he's sort of you know replaceable. But I don't know if Vonley or Bell are better players than him necessarily. That that's something interesting to look at there. I think we'll still see Gorgie because there are some bigs who are too big for Carl. Sure. There are still some guys in the yeah. league who are too big for Carl, yeah, and we Steven don't. Adams. The only person on the bench now that we have that would step in in that situation would be Gorgie because everyone else yeah. is smaller than Cat. And so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jordan Bell can play with the big dogs who are a couple inches taller yeah. than him. But at the end of the day, I think Gorgie will get uh, the most. The majority of his burn will come against teams that have a true center that Cat is just a little overwhelmed by physically. Yeah. So you think Gorgie's more the backup five? Yeah. Rather than the four, because yeah, if they're going to go Covington at four, and then Vonley probably is a backup. Yeah, I mean, I could see it being like Cat and Gorgie sharing time at the four and five if we ever play a team that has two traditional bigs, but uh-huh. those are so few and far between. Yeah, these you're days. right. You it's like maybe the it. Orlando Magic, you know, like maybe the Knicks, <laughs> but there's not a lot of teams that have a lot of big guys anymore. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's kind of a good overview of how the or rotation if we're playing works. the Lakers because Anthony Davis is a power forward and doesn't want to be a center, so if they're rolling out LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard as their front court, we might have to go with Cat and Gorgie. Yeah, and it's like essentially two centers. Jake Lehman or something you know match up with size or Covington at three to match up with LeBron then you know yeah hmm interesting all right what's the next one Scott 
Uh, the question is uh, about the million dollar man, uh, the rookie <laughs> of the year candidate, the man who has the butter burger plan. How will Jarrett Culver be used? Yeah, because we, he's a rookie. You know, we want to not throw him into the deep end, but at the same time, we're talking about him running point for an, an NBA team, you know? Yeah, and I guess I would be surprised to see too much of that this season just because it seems so. I don't know. On one hand, that is sort of the role that he played last year um, at Texas Tech, uh, you know, being the primary ball handler. So I don't think it's like foreign to him, but I don't know. I think that'd be tough to throw him to the, to the wolves, pardon the pun, uh, in, in in year one. And that obviously Teague will be there to start. And if, you know, it'll just be in backup and sort of like spot minutes, I think. So I think it'll I be more. He, he'll play. He'll, tr- he'll mostly be playing with Teague or with uh, with Napier. And if he plays with Napier, maybe he'll get the chance to be the ball handler because Napier's a really good spot up shooter. So yeah. they could have Napier go stand in the corner. corner yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think that's sort of like will be interesting to see what they do there. I'm interested to see what his defensive level is compared I mean, I'll be comparing him to Okogi. Not like I expect that, but that's sort of like the bar. I'll we be didn't like, expect where it from Okogi last year. Yeah, I think yeah. that was an eye opener. Yeah. The first week of the season, we we're like, oh, Okogi's already at an NBA level defensively. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that would probably be the best surprise that Culver could give us is if yeah. we start watching the games and we're like, oh, it's not he's going to get there defensively. It's that he's there defensively already. Yeah, and I understand Culver to be more like sort of more well rounded than Okogi. Like doesn't have the highs of the defense that Okogi has, but doesn't have the lows on the offense. You know, he's a better distributor and, you know, he can, you know, again, play on the ball. And I don't stuff. think anyone could be more of a roller coaster than Okogi and survive, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the ups and downs there. But, yeah, I think he'll, Culver will get lots of run, you know. They're saying all good things about him in the first few weeks of camp here and stuff. So you're going to see a lot of Culver I think he has year. the potential for being the biggest thing to swing the season in a good way. Like, yeah. like I'm not he's a rookie, I suppose, so I don't yeah. have high expectations for him. Yeah. And that means that there's room for him to surpass my expectations. So if we do overachieve this season, I think Culver will be the main reason why. Yeah, and I just wonder how how superfluous he is with Okoki too. I'm worried about that. You know, I'm worried about both of them not being able to shoot essentially, and you can't yeah. play them together because I think it's a problem if you can't play them together, right? If you're looking forward for the Wolves and the whole question of like who's part of the next team, yeah, you'd you'd say Towns and you'd say uh, Okoki and and Culver, right? Like that's yeah. what you're building for. So if those two can't really play together, that, that's a problem, right? And then m- maybe one of them's on the way out, but that's what the season's going to be about, and I'm sure they'll get the chance to play together. I can't wait till we get some Jarrett Culver drops. I watched a video where he went to Target and he picked out a bunch of Spider-Man stuff and he was like, can we get this? And so now I already know he's my favorite player. Uh, speaking of Kogi, what do we expect from last year's rookies? That's our next question. So Okogi and KBD, Katie Bates, Jap, uh, they'll both be on the roster this season. I feel like Kata probably won't be in Iowa, but maybe not. Well, he probably, the, could be on the, the chopping block. Is, I think Kata's really the big question. Um, because I don't know about Kata. I'm sorry, Kata. I, I got nothing good, against him. He had you. some good stretches. Good I mean, moments, it was a garbage time. It was basically the whole second, last two months of the season were garbage time. So The problem with Kata is he's like 24 already. He's probably about the player he's going to be, and he's sort of like a you know solid backup guy. And sort of like, I don't see the ceiling with Kata, whereas like, you got to have a higher ceiling than that if you're going to consistently make NBA rosters. Yeah. So I just I don't know. I could, I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm surprised by Kata this season. But just projecting forward, I'm I'm worried about sort of like his ceiling as more than just sort of like a good backup guy. I just think that there's not going to be the minutes for him unless. And we talked about this last week's pod with uh, John Meyer, which is that. If you're going to trade someone, we got some really flexible contracts. We got yep. a lot of guys on one year expiring contracts for a million dollars, two million at most. And that's very easy to trade to teams because they all need somebody like that. And they all, you know, want somebody that's not going to blow up their cap because most of the teams that are contending have already in terrible cap situations. And so if those guys get moved, then that could open up a spot for Kata. But that's why I wouldn't be surprised if he starts in Iowa because sure. he, huh. he's on the on the depth chart. He's behind Covington, Bell, Vonley, Lane. Amen. Wiggins, yeah. you know, he's behind all of these guys. And yeah. so I just don't see any role for him. True. Yeah. I, I, um, it's it's not a great situation. Maybe, maybe he could find himself on another team this year. We'll but see. But you can see a, you can see a world where, you know, once again, we've got Gupta. Uh, yeah. The Gupta. The if he Gupta. pulls a, he pulls the Gupta and runs some trades, the a.k.a. the guy who made the trade machine, maybe we <laughs> trade Covington. 
Bell and Von Leyen by the end of the season, you know, KBD is one of our main rotation guys. Yeah, could be. I mean, he's it's, it's not outlandish. He's very skilled, but yeah, you're right. It's not just a it's just not a great situation for him right now with the ro- way the roster is. Yeah, he's um, probably the guy who who in terms of the players we acquired this offseason, he, he's the one who got moved out the the, the worst. Yeah, and then if, and then Okogi, who was wonderful last year, and you know, I would say exceeded expectations for a standard twenty overall pick. Or at least was kind of about at the level you'd expect on a twenty overall pick. Um, oh, better than what you'd expect. Jumping out of the gym. I mean, he's he's got to keep showing it though, is the thing. And I think that's yeah. I'm more I I think people I think fans should keep expectations in check here for year two. I don't think it's going to be a huge leap. Um, I'm more of the belief that guys go from year two to three, kind of doing that, you know, sure. kind of. Um, so I, so I, but I think he needs to maintain what he did last year and be able to show he can improve a little bit. Obviously, everyone's looking at the offense, looking at the shot. He's got to be better on that end of the floor. But if he's the same defender, even like at that same kind of level, that's great. You know that he can maintain at that level in the NBA. Yeah, I think I think you've raised a really good point in that. Don't expect a big leap, and maybe he will yeah. be disappointing to people who do expect a leap like yeah, that. Yeah, keep it in check. I think he yeah. surprised people when he exploded on the scene and he was more ready and competent. I mean. I was listening to last week, last year's season preview pods, and we both said we thought Luol Dane would play more minutes than Okoki wow. on the season. Cool. Part of that was because Thibodeau yeah. hates rookies. <laughs> but even for Thibodeau, Okoki was getting burned, yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the injuries. But yeah. I think that he immediately showed that, whereas we thought he'd spend most of the season in Iowa, he immediately showed that he was NBA rotation yeah. level worthy. And so I think he surprised us, and that's why he became such a fan favorite last year is because he was above our expectations. And then I think everyone's expectations are going to be a little higher for him this year because they expect... Uh, an evolution yes. that I don't I think you're right it'll be more of a two year two more to three. Muted, yeah. but I do think in his credit uh, he was one of the best players for Nigeria this summer yeah I'm glad, he, pl- World I'm glad Cup. he played yeah and I think that that'll add a lot to his maturity which is one of the things that we were just hoping that he learns how to slow the game down a little bit for himself because you know we love him uh, yeah. John called him Red Bull we love his energy we love his hustle we don't want him to lose that Let's but Red Bull. sometimes he looks like he's rushing his offense a little bit and so hopefully having him be a leader on the team like Nigeria will mm. Give him a little bit of calmness and to help him uh, play a little bit more. Yeah, his means get that savvy. Yeah, so I think I think now. this year will be a refinement of the Okogi we saw last year, and then we'll look at a leap in the year year after that. Nice. Uh, what's what's our next question? Uh, well, the next question is, what do we expect from last year's rookies? Now we already did that one. All right. The next question is, how will Robert Covington work as a power forward? Robert has been one of the elite defenders in the league for a long time. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. I think the good starts side. With that. The good side is he is a modern power forward. He just called me Rob, Cuff, Roco. Rococo. Oh, Coco. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm excited for Cuff. I think that... In today's NBA, he's a perfect modern, you know, stretch four. He can shoot it. He's like he's six nine. A heck of you know, a defender. He's very tall. He's got reach. Tall. Yeah. He knows how to defend. But he's always been a three for the Sixers because they had Dario and Embiid, you uh-huh. know. And then he played the three mostly for us when he came over here. So it'll be a new look for him in terms of what we've seen from him before. But I'm optimistic. I mean, I think there will be struggles. It'll be nights where he's outsized and and just kind of overmatched. Them. I think that's most nights, and they're going to have to. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's good, but that can be a matchup issue for the other team too. It's just going to go both ways, and you just got to be able to, you know, have a plan. <laughs> I know? think most most teams though their closing lineup, the lineup that they you know is they consider their yeah. best lineup, is going to be a stretch four kind of lineup. I, sure. a, a sm- what is it? A small ball. Yeah, four. and he'll be great guarding on the perimeter. And yeah. I think that as long as he doesn't get posted up. You know, he just can't guard anybody in the post. One right. One. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I think it'll mostly work out. I do think that there and I, I think it'll be a benefit for our defense because I don't think our bigs are very good defenders, whereas I think our wings have a lot more potential with the kind yeah. of reach and length and wingspan that they have. Um, so I think it'll potentially make a much better defense. But my only thing I'm worried about is those nights when it's like, oh, yeah, he's he should be playing three tonight. You know, well, it's the, the problem is going to be rebounding. You know, that's that's where we're going to get killed. If, if Robert Covington is your four. Sorry, like as much as he can, as much as he can do out there, a big part of the final part of defense is grabbing that rebound at the end. And he's just not known as a great defensive rebound. And like we're saying, like, even though he's going to be playing hopefully against a new sort of like modern small ball four, I mean, you just think about just think about the change between him and and Taj Gibson, you know, like the difference between those types of players. Like, it's going to be a very different story on the glass this year uh, when you downgrade as far as the rebounding abilities of Taj Gibson down to Robert Covington. Obviously, Covington 
provides in different ways. Um, that'll hopefully be a overall, a, you know, a, an advantage. And if he but is the rebounding can be rough. If he is playing against a traditional power forward that's a little bit bigger than him, you got to think Sticky Gloves Robert Covington is going to get a lot of steals from those oafish <laughs> non-ball handlers. You know? Yeah. Hopefully. Just thinking about like Robert Covington trying to guard like Blake Griffin or something. It's like, yeah, God, he's, he's, that's really the he's gonna be know. some tough nights for him at the four. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited for something that's again a more modern, switchy look. You know, he's gonna be able to switch a lot more with right there. Then you know, it comes back. There's gonna be other things. There's other. There's always sort of like a rebuttal to it. It's like oh, the defense or the rebounding is gonna be bad. Well, but think about the switching and all the sort of like havoc he can like provide running around out there. So I'm excited to see him. I just hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean that's the main thing. Let's let's hope because that was bad. His injuries were real bad last uh, year. Okay, next question. I got this question, okay, Neil, because I want to hear your answer. I'm excited. Ooh, what ooh, is the criteria for deciding which pieces on this roster are keepers moving forward this is juicy this is philosophical this Mm -hmm. is uh basketball team building uh very excited but yeah so obviously it starts with towns you got the whole thing has to be built around towns in the middle so to me it's uh identifying what the best uh roster to fit around towns is and I've kind of had a change of heart over the last few years about this. Um, a few years ago, I was like, you just got to get shooters around Towns, right? He's so, you know, he's a post player. You got to get shooting around him, right? You need this offense. But Towns has kind of showed that he can single-handedly give you a league average offense, right? Like yeah. the team um, in the Jimmy Butler season was like fourth. and But they were only like, last year they were down to like 14th or 13th or something like that. Like not bad at all. And I was like essentially with Towns as the main guy, right? Yeah, so it's, it's like one you of get plenty things. of offense with just Towns. It's one of those things, too, when you have the best shooting big man in the league, yep. you become the team that is probably has the most uh, has the best spot for a non-shooting four. Yeah. Because if you have a five who can stretch the floor like Cat can stretch it, then a four who can't shoot would thrive on the Timberwolves more than any other team because he'd have the space to work. That's why I remember reading the Rainers draft guide. Oh. Every time there was a four who can't shoot, they're like, this would be the perfect fit for the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's Brandon Clark. Yeah, yeah Brandon Clark, because yeah. they're just like, you know, this would be perfect for the Timberwolves because he would have all the space to operate because yeah. Towns does, can space it so it's interesting that we would love to have the five out offense with cat and four shooters you know (laughs) but on the other hand we're one of the teams that's best equipped to actually you know have one of those non-shooters because cat is uniquely uh, you know talented in that regard yeah so in general the whole idea is who fits with towns but i think more specifically i've kind of grown to the idea of like they need to find defenders like they need to be they need to find a way to be a top five defense essentially you know and find players to fit around towns that make them an awesome defense because towns can uh, alone bring you to a a league average offense and hopefully you add another star alongside him that brings you into the top 10 or whatever but like I, I think they need to prioritize players who can D up. And I think that's why Okogi's great. And I think that's why that's, that is one of the reasons why I'm optimistic about Culver um, is that he does have this upside on defense of just like they can build this awesome defensive team around him. So that's what I'm sort of like prioritizing and sort of like thinking about this season is like defensively, how can we cover up what Towns cannot do? You know, right. that's so that's how I'm thinking about it. I, I I agree with you that it's all about who fits with Towns, but also who isn't Towns because I think yeah. Towns is the only one on the roster who is a non-trade. I think with guys like Gupta, who are uh, you know known for trading in the way that Rosas kind of approached uh, the D'Angelo Russell thing, where it was like everyone that's not Carl Anthony Towns can be moved. Yeah, I think that it doesn't matter what these players do if another team wants them, they're available. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that some of these guys can achieve that if if the right price came along, they wouldn't be expendable. So I think that regardless of what Jared Culver does or what Okogi does, they're all available, you know, if it means putting that second star next to Towns. Yeah, that needs to be the next thing. Yeah, for so sure. I think, I think no we're one but Towns that. is safe. Yeah, yeah. You know, we said it in last week, or I said it last week and with, you know, with John a few hours ago when we recorded this, that, you know, even Okogi could be a guy who could go. Um, you yeah, know, you've got Rosas Ro- just looks at these people as not names on a paper, but just their salaries. You yeah, know? yeah. Totally. And he's going to, He's going to view them as salaries, and if he has to move salaries to get salaries so he can make another deal, he's going to do that too. So I don't think that there's anything. The criteria for keeping being a keeper moving forward is just that are you a star who can be next to town? Yeah. Because otherwise you're not a keeper. We, we will trade you. Until then, you're an asset. That's right. <laughs> and you will be treated as such. Even if you're a troubled asset. Next question. Like uh, how will the team follow up on the hit Prince City jerseys from last year, Scott? That's going to be, that's going to be a... 
something that it was a big part of last season. There was a lot of turmoil, a lot of bad times, a lot of tough situations. wasn't was definitely a weird, uh, terrible year. But the Prince jerseys, the whole Prince mm. Knight situation, mm. everything that happened with the jerseys was a was a bright spot in a, in a world of darkness. So obviously they can't top that this year. Right. But and I don't know if we have any ideas. But I don't know. Uh, we haven't seen anything as of this recording. Maybe that'll come out soon. But um, they got to have at least city jerseys, right? <laughs> they got to do one of those. I yeah. think they'll have two new jerseys this year that we have not seen yet. Uh, well, at least one. Cause yeah, at least had, one. They had the earned edition, yeah. and we didn't earn it this time. No, we didn't make we it did not So we oh, do yeah, not get right. an earned edition jersey. I think it might jersey. just be a three for Just us. the city. Uh, well, Because we got the statement coming back. The green one, I assume, is coming okay. back. I haven't yeah. heard it's not. So we probably just get the city one. Yeah, as far uh, as new. Yeah. So yeah, so we got to think about what it is. I think that the, the, if I had to say, they might just go in a totally different direction as far as like, obviously they had the... Um, yeah, the per- the the dark purple version and the wh- white. So they had the two. They doubled up on the on the city, right? Like those are both called city jerseys, right? Like yep. the two editions of the Prince uniform. Um, and one of those was was a bright white. But I think they might just go with a white or like a. I know they did gray as the um, as one of the jerseys the first year. Um, but that would be my only guess is that they don't go dark. It goes to a light thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to go colorful. I think that they did yeah. something so colorful and personalized that you can't top it. So you have to go the opposite yeah. direction. I think they're going to do something that's generic cool like an all black one white and blue an all white one maybe yeah. a camo one yeah. you know <laughs> camo yeah military yeah you know military so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just did something generic that doesn't really tie into the city because you're not going to top the prince theme so maybe just take this year as a reset and being like yeah. what's a cool colorway simple what's yep. a cool colorway we can just do yeah um, you know and they're not going to do like a Vikings purple after having the Prince purple. Do you think they'll like in two years come back to the Prince though? Like with like the court, like go full on with the court and stuff too? Or do or... two years might be a little soon, but I do. Uh, I do oh, think, I think they'll go, come back to Prince and do more Prince jerseys. Yeah. In the future. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe, uh, I mean, if they want to keep going with what's hot, we let's get those Lizzo jerseys out there. Right. <laughs> Lizzo jersey. Don't give away our Canis Hoopas posts. Oh, that's guy. right. Well, that's just a tease then for everybody. I mean, if, if Nike wants to take that idea and run with it, I'll let them have it. The truth hurts jerseys. Um, okay, let's talk about some more on the court stuff. Let, how will they be better? How will they be worse? Let's let's go to that because um, we already talked about towns a little bit. Are, uh, are we spe- specifically talking on the court? I guess it doesn't have to be. I guess it doesn't have to be. One thing that they're going to be better at is not being such a bummer to follow. Yeah, you know, I yeah, think that season's just going to be better. I mean, everyone is a little bit more cheerful after Thibodeau left last season, but I just think that you know, seeing the chemistry that's been built up in the Bahamas uh, oh, yeah. in the summer, early workouts. Uh, lasagna parties at the tailors. I mean, this Yum. is the kind of chemistry that's easy to have before you get punched in the face and the season starts. <laughs> and so things can go wrong. But I do think that there's a chance that we're going to be seeing like Instagram videos where they're doing pranks on each other. And we're going to be seeing Snapchats where they're in each other's snaps. And I think that we're going to see them playing jokes on each other during post-game interviews and stuff like that. And they're just going to love each other in a way that we haven't seen them do since probably the Levine uh, cat Wiggins year where <laughs> they were all, you know, buddy buddies together. Yeah, and so I think Bounce Brothers or whatever. Yeah, I think they're going to be better to, to follow. They're going to be more fun and more joyous, even as they lose more games. That's a good point because yeah, that they can only go up from what we saw last year. And uh, yeah, everybody's everybody's saying that uh, things also, are good you know, in the vibes. We're talking about how Taj Gibson's gone. It's going to hurt our rebounding. Mm. What if I were to tell you it doesn't? Because we start shooting way more threes. We don't make them necessarily. Maybe, you know, we've talked about what if that Phoenix preseason game, 39 three-pointers taken, eight made is a uh, something that kind of shows what's going to come. Whereas we're going to yeah. start running a system that shoots lots of threes. Finally, we might not have the personnel, so we might mo- miss a lot of threes, but we're going to be taking lots of threes finally. Okay. But what does miss threes do? Pushes that rebound, lawn rebounds. It has all those rebounds go off the front of the rim. You get those lawn rebounds, and maybe Rocco's there to just gobble them so all we'll up. Get more so it doesn't matter boards. if we're missing Taj because you know Taj was always standing closer to the rim, anyways. I think because was it last year was it was um it was Stark too, right? We were we were very good on the offensive glass and not good. I think I can't remember which way it was. I, I believe you're correct. Yeah, we were like an average to good rebounding team overall, but it was like one side of the glass was like way heavily weighted. Yeah, because so, yeah, Cat, Cat was a monster on the offense. So maybe glass. that's what happens again. It's like yeah we find a way to be really good offensive glass and then like bottom 10 defensively um yeah maybe so yeah best case yeah that is yeah sorry they they will be better in just having you know an actual functional normal season and I think liking we'll, each other and having a coach that you know like cares about you and stuff i think it'll be amazing to see what happens on the fast break both ways yeah. we were really bad at defending the fast break and yeah. for a team that had a lot of young guys we did not run the fast break 
for years, even when it, even before Jimmy Butler and Taj got on the team, we got the old legs a little bit. Yeah, like even during the Levine Wiggins cat years, we did not run the full court as much as we could have. And I think that design wise, we will be pushing the pace as just a system change. We want to be pushing the pace. But I think that with the lack of ball handlers on this team and pushing the pace, I think that we're going to be turning the ball over a lot. <laughs> oh, so I, I would imagine we turn the ball over a lot, but I also imagine we create a lot more turnovers than we did in the past. So yeah. I'm expecting more up and down, run the court, you know, full court passes, dunks, uh, you know, getting stripped watching the other team dunk. I think it'll be a lot more frenetic. That was one of the strengths of last year's team was low turnover rate. Right. Like very well, low. Like because Jeff Teague five. would dribble the air out of the ball for 20 yeah. seconds. It's hard he to turn it over. The, like second half of the season. But yeah, you're right. That was part of it uh but yeah they would and i don't you know with all yeah you, you hear they're saying they're gonna run and they're gonna do more transition and yeah that's gonna lead to more turnovers but it's more acceptable there yeah, yeah and i think in an ideal world we can have a lineup where there's culver okogi wiggins covington cat all you know long arms stripping the balls intercepting passes and we could be generating a lot of turnovers sure but i also think we're gonna be turning it over a lot yeah, and then how will they be worse? I mean, yeah, like we said, like, yeah, the rebounding is going to be worse. Uh, we'll see about that transition. Um, yeah, they're going to be, uh, like we Turn said, it over. they're going to be losing more. I think They're going to lose a lot of poise. They're going to lose a lot of poise. They're going to lose a lot of games. Uh, when I, it comes down to the fourth quarter. Yeah, as I predicted game. in the last show, it's going to be the crunch time. Worry about the crunch time. I think like that's going to be worse. Um, but, you know, hopefully that can be balanced out by, you know, just like, again, having positive <laughs> attitudes on this team and sort of be building towards something bigger. Like, I think that whole idea is being pushed by the team and the franchise right now, which is a little eye rolly, but I think also will go a long way with these players, at least the ones <laughs> that are signed and part of the team going forward to say, like, yeah, this season isn't going well. But if you can see the sort of forward momentum of the franchise overall and, you know, Towns' growth and hopefully the growth of some of these young guys, it can be. You know, it could turn into a, a, a much better uh, situation um, for other players to come into, or whatever it might be. So, I don't know. I think, yeah. D- despite the fact that yeah, losing, they probably lose more games this year. Both of us uh, predicted on the last show that you know they lose four or five more games than they did last year, um, or two or three more games than they did last year. You know, hopefully that doesn't ultimately make it a sour year. I think all year we're going to be comparing it to last year. Right. So I think like pretty much this whole year kind of is going to by proxy like be OK because we're going to be like, well, at least it wasn't that messed up explosion. Year yeah. With Tibbs and Jimmy Butler. So, yeah. Well, I think another thing that is a weakness is that we don't really have any vets in the clubhouse anymore. Um, yeah, and that's team. one of those things that's hard to quantify how the effect of that is, how much it really helps in terms of wins or losses. But if there's anything that controversial that hits the wolves uh, for whatever reason, or if they go on a particularly bad losing streak, it, you know, you need the the old heads in the locker room to keep tempers from rising in terms of uh, vets on the team. Teague has played the most minutes, 19,000. Wiggins has played the second most NBA minutes on the team. Katz played the third most NBA minutes on the team. Gorgie's played the fourth, and Covington's the fifth. So Wiggins, in terms of minutes played, is the second longest ter- long since tenured vet. You wow. know, And then we, we were saying Covington and Teague are the only guys over 30. Um, so, I mean, they're vets in terms of age and experience, but there's not, I mean, Teague is the only guy who's been in the NBA 10 seasons. Everyone else, I think the next most is six. Um, so there's just nobody who has any kind of like experience really in the locker room to yeah. talk to people except for Teague. And yeah. It so, might have to be towns the season to step up in that department, you know, like it's like, all right, maybe it's a little early for you to be the guy in the locker room, but it's your hey, fifth year, but you're now the vet. Hey, you're you know? in there. So yeah. Hopefully he'll be able to. You know, like I said, keep a cool head in the locker room when it's needed, but I think that will be a weakness. All right, let's move to the next question here, Scott. Which new Timberwolf are you most excited to watch? Mm. Who are you looking forward to seeing on the floor? I have a couple new- answers, so why don't you go first? So I don't yeah, steal yours. Uh, mine's complicated, too, because I'm excited for a lot of the players, but unfortunately, a lot of them are on the one-year deal, so I'm kind of less into them. Like, I'm, I am excited to see Napier, but he's probably just going to be here for one year. Same with like Von Lay. So I actually am going to say Jake Lehman because I think mm. he'll for sure, unless he's in some sort of trade, he will be here for two years. Um, I think he's in a really good part in his uh, point in his career, sort of career arc wise, you know, kind of peaking, um, you know, coming into his own. Um, and I think just like the Wolves can really use his skill set. If he can defend, um, I think that'll be great because what we know is he can get out in transition. He's super athletic and lob dunks and all this stuff. Um, but if he can defend and if he can, um, you know, I think he can be like a, a 
low usage, like three and D type player that would be really nice to have um, around the edges on, on, on town. So and he'll be a bargain if he ends up yeah. once given the proper rotation yeah. minutes. If he ends up that he's a NBA quality person in those minutes, then he's on a great deal for the next three years for us. So yeah, very excited for Jake Lehman. All right, well my answer is the rookies. I guess more specifically uh-huh. Culver, just because I feel like he's going to play a more important role in our the future. Great hope, he's but the hope with both Culver and Noel. Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I want to see him because I haven't seen him. I don't watch a lot of college basketball. And yeah. So whatever I've seen is just from highlight footage. But you don't really get a feel because you're just, those are just the highlights. Mm. You don't really get a feel of what they're like in between the plays. What are they like, you know, off ball on the plays where they're not involved in the play? That kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I just have no idea what kind of player Culver is going to be. And the same goes for Jalen. And so those are my two answers is that I want to see what the Rooks do just because I don't the amount of game tape I've seen on them might add up to 10 minutes total. It's a know? great unknown. Yeah. Yeah, the unknown itself the is unknown. what's drawn into me. Whereas Fonley, Bell, you know, even Layman, I've seen these guys play NBA games before, so I'm a little bit more familiar with who they are. Yeah. All right. What's the next one, Scott? Neil, I'm a fan of video games. And so this one is near and dear to my heart. If you could play as any two Wolves players in NBA Jam, who would you pick as your duo? Ooh, from this year's squad. There it is. Razzlin Dazzlin. We got them all in here. That's, that's how we roll. We like NBA Jam. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to go... Uh, who's gonna, I, I want to say Towns and Culver. I think that's I think that's a fun like playmaker and like big man. But uh, uh, Wolves don't really have a shooter. I guess I'd rather have a shooter, but no, nah, I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go Towns and Culver. I think that's a fun... I think that's sort of like realistic, too. The new rookie and the star. Where's that switch now? <laughs> Is that the answer? Uh, it's it's a good answer. I I think you got to go cat. Obviously, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, the the recipe to ever to success when I play the game is to get a shot blocker and a person who can shoot threes. If they're the same person as in Towns, it can be a little difficult. I guess Towns would be the shooter. But yeah. I would I would say Teague would be my call because yeah, one, I said him. Uh, you need someone who can throw the alley oops, and I think Teague is one of those guys who just if you look at his numbers on paper and then translate into video game stats, like you would look at his three point accuracy and you'd be like, oh, you're going to give him an eight out of ten on his three point rating yeah. because they don't know that he doesn't take them because he's afraid of taking wide open ones <laughs> that's only something that Timberwolves fans know it's a beautiful shot from Jeff T so I think if someone from the outside was designing the video game and just looked at the paper they'd be like wow we're going to give T good stats for passing for speed yeah, and for uh, yeah. three point shooting which would make him just the perfect to pair with Towns for the alley-oops yeah. and the blocks that he would provide so those are my two that's that's a really good one. Maybe someday we'll get to see that. Another NBA. G- and the NBA Wii version GM was so game. good. The Wii version was so good. They need to come out with it. I know NBA Playgrounds is trying to inhabit that space, but it's just not the same, Neil. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's let's get to a couple more here, and then we'll play a game. Um, I've got one here. I'm going to grab this one. How will uh, Rosas continue his hunt for another star? Trade song. Yeah. But um, like, who, like, I guess what I mean by that is like, it's probably going to be a trade, but like, who do we see out there? Obviously, Beal. Everyone talks about Beal. That one's probably going to happen this season. I don't know if, I don't know if that's the one for the Wolves. Obviously, it'd be great, but yeah, I think that it's one of those things where you just need to have the flexibility and the willingness to go after whatever comes up because uh, this is the NBA. And stuff happens. Stuff happens all the time in this league. Yeah. This is a league where we don't even know who's going to be the big star demanding out, yeah. but there will be one in a month or two. Yeah, and guys be, get grumpy. Yeah, and it's going to be someone we didn't <laughs> anticipate. You know, but for the Wolves, I think like they would be prioritizing prioritizing a guard, hopefully a point guard. You know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. And so I think well, like say, we have, to me, I'm thinking like ones and twos. Say in the, in a world where the Pelicans get off to a bad start and they realize, oh, this is oh, this is actually going to be a rebuilding I like that process. One. I don't mind it. We 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 sign a few vets to go with drew holiday because we thought we could make a run for it but actually this is going to be more of a rebuilding process than we thought can we send drew holiday for picks and then rosas will say yes you can i like that one a lot so i'm just saying we don't know who will demand a trade but there will be people that we didn't anticipate who will all of a sudden be available in which case, we uh, I haven't read the article yet because it just came out today. It'll have been out for over a week by the time you hear this. <laughs> but apparently, yeah. John Krasinski wrote a great article about yeah. Sachin Gupta, the man who invented the trade machine. And uh, apparently, it was very instrumental in a lot of the Sixers trades during the uh, Hinky era. Um, so if that's the guy you have in your front office, you can imagine there's going to be, we're going to get our fingers in on all kinds of pies. We're just going to throw in a second round pick here, get a second round pick. Basically how yeah. we got Trevion Graham and Napier is we're like, we tried to get Russell. And then once we couldn't get him, we were like, okay, we'll get in. We'll be the third team so we can get some of these extra parts. Yeah. I'm just excited to see who they sort of 
target like the types of players that they I think that'd be very telling you know because obviously they you know tried to get D'Angelo Russell and then like didn't and they just signed kind of one year deals and kind of like hedge their bets on like guys that'll probably fit very pretty well but also like probably won't be around very long but I'm interested to see like when they have the chance to get someone on a multi year deal who they choose because mm-hmm. it might surprise us to being like oh wow they traded for that guy like they I traded for I Kyle Lowry uh, <laughs> yeah or I guess I'm yeah uh, yeah you got Serge Ibaka yeah or it's just like oh yeah and then it's like that's who they saw as like being like undervalued and like you know available at the time because I obviously we think like oh who are the all potential all stars I can get but there also might be other moves in the meantime before or after we hopefully get another star where it's like sort of like sub star guys and just like rotation player guys and right. I'm interested to see who those players are you know to these new front office you know uh, you know front office pe- people here and if they end up being the wheelers and the dealers that we've heard rumors that they may be it might be a thing where we trade for an incremental upgrade where we're like well we, that's not a star but that he might be you know it's the red paper clip or how you trade up until you get a house <laughs> yeah you know it's you just make incremental little trades and so you're always improving just a little bit and then all of a sudden we have the right ammo a year from now to trade for that star I and mean, we didn't see it coming um any of these other ones you want to get to sky i have one here we could do if uh, unless you uh we should probably do one or two more and then uh, we'll get to the game any of these uh, pop out to you uh do you think that the town's wearing a headband is going to become that's a thing? the one i was going to pick how many games will, will towns wear a, <laughs> wear a headband right i mean it's in his media day photo he also so has like cornrows and that uh, is like kind braids. of announcing your intention to wear it during the season i if guess you wear it yeah day. but he wore the one that's not legal in the <laughs> it's not legal in the games in the media the street day fighter picture. one the, yes everyone calls it the ninja one i like calling it the street fighter yeah because that's what they wear in street fighter uh you know i don't know so he obviously just looks very different in his media day photo than he's going to all season it seems like but uh i'm gonna say i don't think he will i I, I think he'll lose it for the season right um i think he'll play like 20 games and realize preseason thing he doesn't like it for his look I think I okay, think so you he, think it makes it into the season, but not far. Right, I think into I think the quarter I'll, mark. He'll he'll, t- he'll go to his first cold stretch, and then he'll get rid of it, and then we'll just laugh at it. It's a small little remember when, <laughs> like remember when he had that bandage on his cheek. <laughs> do you remember? I do. <laughs> a couple did? of quick ones, Neil. If you own the wolves, what would your first move be? Oh, uh, uh, hmm. Uh, I mean, you mean if I was like the GM or something? <laughs> no, you're the owner now. I'm the owner. Well, I mean, I guess I like uh, Gerson enough to keep him around. Um, yeah, I guess you, that's that's the hard thing. You inherit this whole situation. What are you gonna like? <laughs> the heads roll. Like everyone's out of here. You, well, you know, you're done. Do you want your first move to be dramatic like that, Neil? Or no, do you want it to no. be, You know, signing I, Jim Pete to a lifetime I deal. Wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the basketball situation at the moment. I would just um, do more stuff with like the arena and with like like I I would just have ideas like stuff like that. You know, the arena in arena experience, the marketing, during games. the jersey stuff we always talk about, the food. Like I would just get involved in the stuff that ultimately doesn't matter you know but just like kind of does matter the fan experience i would get more involved in that kind of stuff rather than like be like oh you're out of here gerson <laughs> yeah that's yeah it. what about you are you thinking a more specific roster move or our, something? our primary color would be purple on day one uh-huh. we would change yes. primary color to purple yeah. very day one I, I would make sure i would um one ridiculous thing i would do is just ban all instances of t-wolves you know what I mean? Like I would find people who used it, like yeah. like not the gym, whatever. But like if you know Dave Benz or any, if anybody like on a broadcast, whether it's our broadcast or another teams use T Wolves, I'd find a way to like make sure they know that like that's not right. It's not technically right, and I wish you wouldn't do that. But uh, yeah, that would be my like weird stickler thing. Um, I'm gonna skip over the other questions I wanted to ask you because I remember we have questions from Twitter. Twitter, we're gonna hit real oh, quick. Oh, let's do them right now. At this point, they've been waiting for over a week. I solicited these at this point a week. Ago. They've been waiting so long. So we're gonna these. do these real quick. Some of them we've already touched upon what are your expectations for the wolves defensively this year having finished 24th in defensive rating last season that is from underscore mcea chin yeah you have to hope for uh, the david vanterpool system to bear fruit here and just for this whole idea of switchability and and and, and covington at the four i think to to make this thing work right that's what you got to yeah. be counting on and i guess a small switches, step from towns yeah get a lot create a lot of turnovers don't foul and then maybe you can get up to 15th but you're not going to be better than 15th. you're not going to be better than 15th and you, yeah you just got to hope that these guys can all like come together and you know be bigger than some of the yeah players, we're so. hoping to be in that 15 to 20 window yeah um i like this one got any nicknames for the new wolves or new nicknames for old wolves that's from travis j shanahan travis sean well we just at travis we just sean, heard travis um sean. last week we just heard uh red bull john meyer give red bull and then he had another one he had too. baby jesus or something for second way. coming of jesus for jared culver i wonder oh, if that's because his initials are jc yeah i think that's a 
<laughs> That's what it was. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, like, what do we call certain players on the team? I don't know. If we have any uh, like nicknames that, that go like beyond like what they already have. Right? Uh, like, my coworker Lauren and I were discussing whether we should call Wiggins Andy going forward. Andy. Okay. Maybe he'll be a different player up. if he's just an Andy. Yeah, he just just kind of changes identity. It's part of his rebrand. Hopefully, it changes his basketball identity as well. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know what I call a Kogi. I guess I uh, uh, John called him Jo. You know, people call him Jo. I like I Red Bull official. though. Oh, yeah, Red Bull is a good one. Um, I think some of these guys I need to see him play. I need to see uh, what layman's yeah, like. Too many new guys. Layman, the yeah. layup man, or something like that. You yeah, know? Or, or Boz. You know, Baz. I think there's a lot we could Boz, do Baz. with uh, Culver. You know, the concrete mixer or yes. like the. Uh, Custard or the yeah. butter beer, yeah, that's your a good butter point. burger. Yeah, the whole Culver Culver's thing. Scoopy, is gonna happen. oh, if he gets a scoop shot, I, we're calling him Scoopy, who's the mascot for Culver's. You're right. You're right. So we'll get back to that, Travis. Once we figure that out, and then the other two, should we be talking more about Gorgie as the backup for Roko? That is from at Timberwolves underscore UK. We've talked about this a little bit on last week's and this week's preview. We think that. If anything, he's going to get back up five minutes against bigger lineups. We probably will not see him as the backup four, just because I think Jordan Bell and Noah Vonley will rank above him there. And then finally, who do you think is the most likely to be traded? That's from Travis Lyles. Jack, we kind of talked about that last week and a little bit this week, where we expect it to be those interchangeable, expiring contract, $1 million a year type guys. The, the, the problem with those guys, though, is that they make so little that it's almost like it's hard to like find, you know, unless you're trading for a pick. Or yeah, get a second like round pick. This, yeah, is, this but, is the goop done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then obviously on the bigger end, you know, Jeff Teague, um, you know, if anybody, you know, some playoff team, if he plays well this season, you know, for the first half of the year, maybe could see some playoff team wanting him um i don't know who that team is um but then also yeah we mentioned okogi and yeah basically we're, as we've been saying nothing other than towns is nailed down so have at it <laughs> whoever the offers are there they might say yes <laughs> so yeah i can't imagine because it's not like again you have to identify your keepers but it's not like they're going to be a great team this year so the, the, everything's going to be available all right with that we got a game Neil. Yeah, this is a game it. that goes back into my notes for a long time i've had this as an idea and we're playing it tonight get the music started here we go it's called hey everybody welcome back to who is taller with the minnesota timberwolves yes the question this is, is so hard. who is taller this game could also be the alternate for uh this game this uh game is uh who is six nine yeah seriously <laughs> uh it would have been better if we didn't talk about size for so much over the past three hours. Now you're going to have an idea, but that's okay. Um, and also, these are subject to change because sooner than later, we'll be hearing the official heights. Oh. No longer can Kevin Durant yeah. say he's 6'9 or 7 foot. KG can't be 6'11 anymore. So the Barefoot we're, heights. We're going to get verified heights, but these are still using the old heights that are listed on the internet today. All right, Neil, question number one. Who is taller, Gorgie Jane or Carl Anthony Towns? Um, I will. Oh, that's so good because I've got one seven and one is six ten. I think well, one six eleven, one seven. Yeah, uh, I think town. Oh, I have no idea which ones. I'll say town lists himself at seven. He's he's seven. Yeah, I won't be surprised to see him go down to six eleven or six ten though. With a nice we'll find out. Yeah. All right, Neil. Next up, Jordan Bell or Jim Peterson. <laughs> Uh, Once think, again, I'm using Jim's listed height probably from his playing days. Uh, I, I think um, Bell is probably also in the 6'10 um, range, and I think Jim Pete likes to be a 7-footer. I'm going to say Jim Pete is taller at 7-foot. He's listed at 6'10", Jordan Bell 6'9". Okay. All right, next up, Neil. Who is taller, Jake Lehman or Noah Vonley? Jake Lehman, Noah Vonley. Oh, man, I think they're both... Uh, I'm going to guess Vonley on this one. 6'10", 6'9". <laughs> They're both 6'9". That was a trick question. Oh, come you know, on. That was a I trick question. It was a trick. There is one more trick question coming up. We have three more questions. Who is taller, Neil? Jarrett Culver or Andrew Wiggins? Uh, Andrew Wiggins. He is 6'8". Culver is listed at 6'7". That's crazy. Uh, Andrew's the only one who's listed at 6'8". Oh. See, that, that changes once the size is going to officialize. Yeah. All right. Uh, Neil, who is taller, Jeff Teague or Shabazz? Shabazz Napier. Uh, I got to say Teague. I think that's pretty small. That's the other 6'2". They're both 6'2". That's oh, the other trick question. So both 6'2". I was going to say, yeah. Also, the same height, Okogi is, and... No, Shabazz is short. There's no way that's going to stand. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely going to be a 6'2". Teague's not tall either, but, no. uh, but I think he's got him. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the other two that were the same were Okogi and Jalen Noel. Uh, both 6'4 or 5? They're both 6'4". Uh, 6'4". Six, six, okay. okay. Um, yeah, the people who are 6'9 on this team are Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley, Jake Lehman, and Kata Bates <laughs> Jopper. All this in six nine. Crazy. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And then finally, Neil, your final question. It's not a trick. Who is taller, Ryan Saunders or Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> oh wow, you did some good digging here. Oh, I don't. 
I, I mean, my first guess, my first thought is Ryan is taller, because uh, I feel, yeah, just like the old age of, of Tibbs, he's probably maybe shrunk a few. I, I'm going to say Ryan's taller. Oh no! 6'2 to 6'1 and I thought no way is Tom Thibodeau 6'2 so I looked up a bunch of photos of him standing next to players who are 6'2 and he is 6'2 so he is one inch taller but he's just kind of short he's like squat and so you think that he's shorter so. he will not be subject to the NBA's new rules of measurement that's true what, what it could reveal league. about him he's not in the league yeah, so uh, we might have to replay that once the official size listings get updated. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll post the differences. You know, the difference is how everybody shrank, basically, is what it'll be. Cool, and that's the end of our show. That's the end of uh, this uh, Timberwolves 2019-2020 preview. And do we have a treat podcast. for you next week? Jeopardy. Jeopardy. The rematch. Oh. Year four. Neil is up two to one on me all time in is our it, Jeopardy record. We are going to play for the fourth year straight. Robert always does a great job with the game. and um, Drop a little hip-hop Jeopardy on him. Uh, this year is going to be... I, I was just oh, getting into this rap thing. Yeah, Jeez. this year is going to be... It's not going to be different. He he always just kills it in that range. Yeah, Robert, man, he's great. So yeah, tune in next week for that. We got the Jeopardy coming at you. Always fun. Always a fun twenty minutes of your year. You know, it's real, it's real quick. You know, don't worry about it. Even if you don't like Jeopardy, it's twenty. It's like a twenty minute podcast. Yeah, so. it's very quick, and you'll yeah. learn some things. Yeah, I guarantee so, you will learn something. Yeah, podcast. Uh, yeah, check that one out. That's coming next week. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. And yeah, we'll be uh, regular. All season now. We're on. Every Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday. We're in your earbuds. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Make sure you follow us on Twitter um, and on Instagram, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. And, yeah, we'll see you next time. Go Wolves. In layman's terms.